0: Hello and welcome to the 33rd episode of the Ego Chow podcast, a show dedicated to Call of Duty esports and more specifically the Call of Duty League. My name is Preston Byers and as always I'm joined by my co-host Justin Binkowski and on today's episode we will be discussing the preseason kickoff classic event that took place nearly two weeks ago. We will also be giving our thoughts and predictions for the first week of the 2022 Call of Duty League regular season which begins in just a few days from now. Uh, we have some other topics to cover as well today, including the retirement of Axe, one of our favorite players. But first, how are you doing, bink?
1: I'm doing well uh touched on it last time we talked, but feels like it's been a long off season and it's finally uh coming to a quick end this Friday, so or not a quick end, but it's quickly coming to an end now um, so looking forward to it. It doesn't even really
0: feel like the the offseason has ended, well I guess it technically hasn't, but it doesn't feel like the season is here because the hype isn't really all that hype really uh, so far. So maybe things will change and hopefully they will, but uh, let's just dive right into the uh, into the show. We have quite a bit to cover and neither of us really want to be here in an hour and a half or two hours, uh, so let's just quickly kind of run through the kickoff classic Um we did a preview show for uh, a few weeks ago before the event, and uh, we both basically came to the conclusion like we had no idea what was going to happen because a lot of these rosters are different than they were in the uh, in the 2021 season. And it's also really not um, a real event because it's a preseason. Control was first played at the uh, kickoff Classic, and we didn't really have a chance to see anybody play Control before then. Uh, so what did you think of, um, the kickoff classic as a whole? What are your kind of takeaways from this event?
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I, think that was the main thing, you know, we, we did that preview show and then, um, we haven't necessarily dedicated a show to a recap of it cause I just felt like, and you know, we kind of talked about it, that it's kind of because of a preseason event at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter in the long haul. So, um, yeah, it's just something to, you know, finally give fans some vanguard action to watch uh, ahead of this week's start of the official regular season. So um, I I actually thought some of the matches were super entertaining um, in terms of takeaway. Like you said, you know, the first thing that immediately jumps out is the surge, you know, their their young roster led by uh, Sib and Pred alongside Mac and Accuracy, which... For starters, I I can't remember who on the broadcast, but I felt like some people were referring to Mac as a veteran, and that just seemed weird to me. Like, this is his third year, and it's not even like he came in an MW, and so it wasn't even like a full year there. So it's like his second and a half, it's his third year, but like he's basically played one and a half years in the pro league. Um, so it's still a relatively young team outside of uh, accuracy, and I I feel like they turned heads at this event. You know, a lot of people. Um, had high expectations, including myself, had high expectations for Sib, and eyes were on Sib and Pred because, you know, Pred had so much success in amateurs in the APAC region coming over here. Uh, question was if he was going to be able to translate that to success on the big stage. Uh, Sib had been a sub for, you know, the Atlanta Faze. Um, finally getting his shot in the Pro League, would he be able to, you know, replicate his success in the amateur scene on the big stage? And both of them shined uh, in this preseason event, and, you know, we talked about it in our preseason, or our preview show of this event, there was the uh, coaches pulled on by Breaking Point, uh, GG, and the, the big, like, surprise, at least for us, or me, uh, was that they, the coaches had Seattle ranked fourth going into this kickoff classic, and this event goes to show you, you know, they're, they're, they've been looking good early in scrims and they, that resulted in a second place finish here at the uh, kickoff classic. So um, that the major takeaway for me was they look good. Um, Obviously Toronto ends up taking the whole thing. And it it seemed like they, um, I forget who in particular was talking about it in like the post championship uh, interview, but it, it seemed like, you know, practice wasn't going great for them and they themselves weren't expecting to win the event, but you know, at the end of the day that it's that team that stuck together from last year they have that you know chemistry from a full year competing together like almost a full year since they replaced uh methods with insight in stage two um they, they got a lot of time playing together already and it's you know they got on land and it seems like things clicked for them so um they're going to be a dangerous team and you know i think that the league's looking as competitive as ever it, it could be a result of vanguard um, but even regardless of the game playing that, it just seems like we're we're in for a very competitive year in terms of like the talent across all 12 teams in the league.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on the Seattle part specifically. Um, I mean, we talked about it on the preview show for the kickoff classic. Neither one of us were really sure what to expect out of Seattle because of their roster. Um, you know, Sib has been a, Uh, an academy sub or a cabbie player, like in a pro league sub for a few years, but we really hadn't got to see him on the big stage. Uh, And Pred has been in the APAC region and they're basically on an Island. Well, they really are on an Island, but more, more metaphorically speaking. Um, But yeah, so Seattle did really well. And I, I wasn't really expecting that well because they had to go through phase. They had to go through the subliners and they even gave Toronto a fight um, I forget who said it on my timeline. It might have been a former player, um, but basically they were talking about before the event that Toronto hadn't had a lot of practice. Like uh, like you said, they they weren't having good practice and they weren't practicing very much because, uh, I mean it's it's really hard for a lot of these teams because the holidays were just like a month or so ago, and spe- specifically with Toronto. They have a lot of European players where if they're going home for the holidays, they're obviously not going to be able to get the practice that another team might uh, if they all stayed in the United States. So it's it's pretty difficult for them. So I think that bodes well for them that they came out and they beat Florida, the Thieves and the Surge who, like I said, looked great uh, throughout the entire event, even with you know minimal to subpar practice, which is really impressive. Uh, another thing is phase. Uh, I mean, we've been talking up phase for the better part of two years, and rightfully so because they're awesome. They went to the grand finals of the first CDL championship, and they ran through uh, pretty much everybody last year and pretty much dominated the entire season and and won the world championship. And in this event, they have their one match, and they lose to Seattle three one. Um, that, like, it might not be fair, but it makes me think that you can't really take away a whole lot from this event because if Phase is doing poorly and Phase loses their one match and it's a single elimination, so it's not uh, a one-to-one comparison with, like, a, a major uh, where it's a double elimination. But, like, if Phase does poorly, how well or how much should we take out of this? Because I fully expect Phase to be one of, if not the best team again. So, and, and the same goes for optic optic was predicted to be like the second or third best team. And they also lost to uh, the thieves in their first match. So we didn't really get to see a lot from the supposedly the best two teams.
1: Yeah. I I think, you know, end of the day, preseason event, uh, not too much. We have to take away from it. And in terms of like, you know, panicking about some of these super teams or, yeah, uh, teams like Phaser, Optic, but you know, uh, maybe Seattle is just uh, Phase's grip tonight because at the um, Stage 5 Major last year, that's where Classic um, turned up in that series, and it was in the same arena, I believe, it, at the Esports Arena in Arlington. Um, so that's two straight losses there for FaZe against the Seattle organization. I, I don't know, maybe that's the formula for success for Seattle. Um, but, yeah, jokes aside, I, uh, I I don't think there's, you know, any major concerns out of that. It's just, you know, Seattle was playing well. Um, I I think, I mean, I don't have the scores on hand for that, but I believe Atlanta won, well, I know Atlanta won map one, and then it was 6-5 in the search for uh, map two. Sib had uh, the 1v1 win against our cities, I believe, in round 11. Um, So I remember at least, you know, it's not like FaZe got blown out by Seattle or anything like that. Um, So again, end of the day, preseason event. Um, We'll see what happens here when the regular season kicks off later this week. If if FaZe struggles in that, then maybe we'll start having some questions. But just like you, I fully expect FaZe to be the juggernaut we all know and expect them to be.
0: Yeah, let's get into the regular season. Uh, we don't really have to spend any more time on the kickoff classic, like you said, and like I said, it's it's kind of hard to really uh, decipher what you know is important from that event. But at least we got to see the teams play each other. How some of these rosters may work uh, as we progress through the season. Um, so let's jump right into week one of the 2022 Call of Duty League regular season uh, which begins on February 4th which is uh, Thursday um, so or Friday excuse me uh, so Friday February 4th we have three matches uh, the first of which is the London Royal Ravens versus the Florida mutineers and then we have the Boston breach versus the Los Angeles. Uh, gladiator, or not Gladiators, Gorillas that uh, slipped into my Overwatch League brain. And then the New York <laughs> Subliners versus the Seattle Surge. Uh, so let's start at the top London versus Florida. Uh, neither of these teams um, were really expected to do a whole lot this season if you uh, put a lot of weight into the coaches' power rankings uh, because. Uh, Florida is, I think, one of the bottom four teams, and London is right around there as well. So uh, who you got for Florida versus London
1: to kick off the uh, league season? I'm going with Florida. Um, Again, you know, we're not taking too much away from that uh, kickoff classic, but Florida did win uh, their opening series there against the Gorillas, and uh, London got 3-0'd by Seattle. I honestly don't even really remember that that opening series between Seattle and London, even though I know I watched it. Um, So I feel like I just got to go with Florida here. Um, But like you said, I I think these are two teams that, um, at least based on early scrim results and expectations, aren't exactly um, expected to be title contenders or anything like that. So this is going to be kind of a match to see where these teams are at. Uh, early on, and, you know, we got a lot of rookies in this match, um, Dave Paddy, Gizmo, and Nasty, uh, Afro playing in, like, his first full season to start the year, coming in after last year, uh, towards the end of the season, and then Zero making his return after all his trouble last year with visas and stuff like that, so um looking forward to this one. I, you know, Obviously it's not like a marquee matchup in my opinion, but um, I think it'll be a good one to get things started and uh, see where both these teams are at early on. Yeah, I'm going to
0: agree with you. I think Florida takes this. Um, I know there are concerns about how well Florida's roles really fit with each other because of Day Patty and everything. But I also think that Florida has more talent and, especially in the early part of the season where uh, teams are not at their best. Uh, they're still kind of forming their chemistry and still kind of getting used to each other and getting used to the game modes specifically control uh, since they haven't had a ton of experience playing it. Uh, I tend to lean more toward the, the talent um, in that case uh, early on. Uh, so I'll go with Florida over London to start off the season. Uh and then next we have Boston versus LAG. Uh, Boston, this is their first official CDL match um, after acquiring the uh, 12th CDL spot from the Chicago slash Dallas franchise. Uh, and LAG has an entirely new roster um, built with superstars. If like if you dropped uh, this roster in like AW or Black Ops 3 or Whatever Black Ops Four, people would be like, "Oh my God, you got Gunless, you have Hook, you have Slash, you have Asam," and and really they should be uh, a very talented roster. Um, I'm not sure what to really expect out of them, but uh, who do you have winning, Boston or LAG?
1: This is a tough one. I I think I could see it going either way. Um, I think you know, like you just said, with the talent on paper, that the Gorillas are likely the favorite. In this match, it might be um, you know, if, if you're a betting expert or anything, though, it might be more of a pick Um so I I don't I in my eyes I'm viewing LAG as the favorite just based on talent alone. And uh I think that Boston comes out on top. Um, it might be weird to think of your gorillas though as a favorite because uh, based on like that preseason coaches poll or whatever boston was more highly rated than the gorillas i think boston was like 5th and led was 8th or somewhere around there um but that's what we were talking in the preseason show or the preview show for the kickoff classic that uh, like the point discrepancy between like the 5th through ninth teams in that coaches poll was super close um so you know this is a match that i i expect to Uh, go down to the wire don't really think it'll be a blowout in either direction but i'm gonna go with boston um my only concern is again we're not taking too much away from the uh, kickoff classic but i believe actually no boston might have won game two against new york it went game five um against new york and they lost like six one or six two in the game five to new york Um, So, Search might not necessarily be a strong suit for Boston, but they have looked good in uh, scrims and hard point, and then you look at a team like LAG, um, they they have, you know, some really strong slayers and some noteworthy, uh, in particular, respawn hard hard point players. So, um, I I think either way, this is going to be a close match, but uh, I'll just go with Boston for the storyline of them winning their first match.
0: And this is the first disagreement between Bink and Preston for this season. Uh, I'm gonna go with LAG, kind of in the same vein of uh, the London and Florida series, where I am gonna lean toward the talent and the, I, I guess maybe the star power uh, for LAG over Boston. Um, although I do think Boston is is pretty good, and um, I I am putting uh, quite a bit of weight into the coaches' power rankings because. The coaches have a better idea of the teams and how they're performing relative to the rest of the league than really anybody else, considering they're in the scrims and they're analyzing the game film and everything. Uh, but I I do think that LAG uh, is they have the more talent on paper, and you would think maybe not early in the season because I think slashers teams uh, tend to do better as the season progresses, which is natural for you know a leader you know to really maybe learn from your mistakes and just get better as uh, the season progresses. But uh, I I just have a feeling that the gorillas will come out on top, but uh, I could be wrong here and it, and it probably will be close because um, I think they're pretty evenly matched in terms of like, there's no overwhelming uh, sense of, uh, of confidence in me that LAG will win, even though uh, I probably should have my LAG stuff on, if I'm going to be supporting them. But uh, yeah, so I'll go with LAG over Boston in the second series yeah. of Friday.
1: You're, you know, if our longtime listeners of the pod know you're a huge LAG fan. So I'm not surprised you uh, went with them here.
0: Yeah, we're a pro Paris, pro LAG podcast. Uh, but there is that one episode where I really uh, turned my back on LAG, but we're back, oh, on, yeah. we're back on good terms now. <laughs> um the the last game of friday we have the new york subliners in the seattle surge so seattle's coming off a really strong performance at the kickoff classic and uh, new york also had a pretty good performance as well uh, considering they haven't had a lot of practice reportedly and uh and this is a, a very interesting roster that they've put out there with a lot of veteran leadership but also um some uh, like raw talent but that's that's the way that uh, Clayster and Krimsek seem to like their teams. Uh, who do you got, New York or Seattle?
1: Well, this is an interesting one. Uh, again, I could see it going either way. Um, it's worth noting that in the kickoff classic, Seattle beat New York 3-1. Um, I don't really remember any of the scores for the individual matches, um, but I feel like it was, you know, it wasn't a blowout really, if I'm remembering correctly. Um but either way, I don't think we mentioned this before we started talking about these matches. But um, just as a reminder, if we did, or to let you guys know if we didn't, that these uh, qualifying matches are online. So unlike the Kickoff Classic, which is online, er, which was on land, uh, these matches before each major are going to be online, which could play a factor. Uh, into some of the results for these games. I know, uh, that's w- one thing I was thinking about from the last match we were talking about is, you know, Slasher has been very open about his, uh, how much he dislikes playing online. Um, so, you know, that, that could be something that comes into play for some of these teams. Um, uh, I'm not saying that's necessarily going to be a major factor for any of these matches or this New York Seattle match in particular, but, you know, uh, just throwing that out there again, cause I can't remember if we said it or not. Um. But yeah, I, I think similar to the last match, I could see this one going either way, um, but I'm going to pick Seattle, fully expecting Seattle to let me down and New York come away with a win.
0: That's how things are supposed to be. Um, I don't remember. I, I know that Crone put out a tweet uh, kind of detailing where the teams are playing out of, and I know that New York is playing out of Texas, uh, like the Dallas They both are. Okay. So, there's really no advantage there. Um, if if our listeners are interested, London is playing out of North Carolina. Florida is in Florida. I think, like, in South Florida, if I'm not mistaken. I believe uh, Boston is playing out of Boston, the whole team. LAG is almost assuredly playing out of Texas because I can't see Slasher being okay playing off the West Coast again after, uh, what was it, the Modern Warfare season. Uh, so... I don't think there's any specific advantage in um, in most of these. Maybe that Boston LAG series is where the online kind of shows because you have a an East Coast team versus a, a Texas team, but I guess we'll see. Um, as for this New York-Seattle series, uh, although Seattle had a really good kickoff classic, I'm kind of disregarding a lot of the results there because I'm not sure actually how much to take away from it, uh, like I've said and uh new york has more talent like hydrum he he obviously isn't the best player in the league i think he has the potential to be the best player in the league uh especially with uh guys like Clayster and Crimsix six around him and i would i'd love to see neptune just continue to progress because with this team um it's like the Obviously, there's a lot of veteran leadership, but I just think that Klaeser and Crimson 6 know how to play the smartest way possible. Um, we, we saw during the kickoff classic that they were routinely outslayed uh, in hard point specifically, but they would still win the maps, which is the anti-optic where optic just they kill everybody but might still lose a hard point. Um, I just think that's, that's a really smart way to play because... You kind of prey on another team's uh, greediness and like, or their greed, and they they want to get the kills even when it's maybe not the most beneficial. I think the subliners have that experience, and uh, Hydra is just a natural talent, and I think that they'll end up winning this series against Seattle.
1: Okay, um, I can read through uh, the list real quick that yeah, tr- uh, Grown tweeted. Um, optic. LAG, Subliners, and The Surge are all in Texas. Faze is in Atlanta. Rocker are in Minnesota. The Thieves are in LA. Ultras in Toronto. Florida is in Florida. Uh, Boston's in Boston. The Ravens are in North Carolina. And uh, Paris is unsure, according to Crown.
0: Maybe in like a dumpster in like, I don't know, like Connecticut or something. Well. Wow. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't I don't remember where they were playing out of. Um
1: Paris played out of Texas last year. okay.
0: I am assuming they're gonna do the same thing. When I talked to a uh a former Paris player, he said that they were all playing out of the same, like very uncomfortable apartment. Um yeah. so I would assume it's kind of the same deal at the at the moment. Like I don't see why they would switch things up uh, at this point. So, uh, yeah. Um, Let's talk about these uh, Saturday matches. So we have four matches on Saturday. This is the long day. Uh, Friday and Sunday both have uh, only three matches each. Uh, On Saturday, we have Atlanta Phase versus Paris Legion. uh, London Royal Ravens versus Optic Texas. Seattle Surge versus the Toronto Ultra and the New York Subliners versus the Los Angeles Gorillas. So the big match of the day is obviously Atlanta versus Paris. Two juggernauts going at it. Uh, world title contender versus world title contender. Who do you got, Atlanta or Paris?
1: Sorry, Mike. Sorry, the uh, Paris is winning champs crew. I'm, I'm going to have to go with the underdog phase here.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a pretty big shock. I think I don't know too many people agree with you on that one. Uh, But I am one of them. Uh, I think we're both going out on a limb and saying that Atlanta is going to pull off this incredible upset over Paris. Um yeah. There's not much else to it. It's just a, yeah. it's just a stroke of luck. If they win uh, London versus optic uh, optic did not have a great showing at the kickoff classic uh, London, I believe they were three owed by Seattle. So they obviously didn't have a great uh, showing either. Um, but optic is, I mean, if, the power rankings are to be believed by the coaches. They are one of the best teams. And if you looked at the roster, you could also agree that they are probably going to be one of the best teams considering they have Shotzi, who has been an MVP candidate both of his uh, seasons. They have uh, Skump, who is arguably, you know, well, he's unarguably one of the greatest players of all time. He might be the best player depending on uh, who you are. Um and they have a lot of great talent. So who do you got? Optic versus London.
1: I, I think this is another one similar to the uh, last match here that uh, they going to have to go with the underdog, Optic Texas. I think they pull off a major upset against the powerhouse London Royal Ravens.
0: It's not as big of an upset as Atlanta beating Paris. <laughs> but yeah, I do think that Optic beating London uh, would be a shock to many. Um, and I agree with you. I think Optic beats London here. Yeah, all uh, jokes
1: aside, um, both both of these two matches should um, you know, like we said when we were talking about the kickoff classic, we're we're not putting too much weight into uh the poor performance or you know, the one match 0 and one record for those teams in that preseason event. Um but but this is where things start. So um we both fully expect FaZe and Optic to come out and show the fans what they're capable of against two teams uh who Based in almost everybody's opinion, coaches, polls, whatever you want to look at, um, aren't necessarily like super close in terms of power rankings or, you know, talent or um however you want to rank them, rank them. It's it's literally phase and optic at the top, Paris and Legion towards the bottom. So it's a pretty big discrepancy between these two teams, at least on paper, and in the eyes of many in the community. Um so phase and optic should take care of business here in their first matches of twenty twenty two.
0: Yeah, and I would, uh, I think you would agree, London beating Optic is a much more realistic scenario than Paris beating uh, FaZe, just because, I mean, FaZe is being predicted to be the best team. You don't think so? You don't think that, uh, so you're saying that a FaZe loss to Paris is more likely or less surprising, even though it would be surprising, than a Optic loss to London?
1: I think a lot of people all jokes aside like there there were people saying that like Paris was grinding during this early season phase and you know they were putting a lot of work in and I I think some people were even saying like they were scrimming on New Year's Day or like you know during the holidays and stuff so like I I don't think it's like you know necessarily Paris teams of the past where they've, they they kind of threw a squad together and things weren't working out and you know then they aren't you know it, it it seems different this year just you know externally looking at it um that, that that they're grinding and they're trying to prove some doubters wrong um i'm not saying i disagree with with your take there but um it's just you know in my eyes you got phase and optic 1 2 and then however you look at it if you look at 9 through 12 at the bottom of the cdl paris and london are both most likely in that nine to 12 range. So um, I think either way it would be a big upset if Paris or London pulled off a of win.
0: Gotcha. Uh, yeah. I don't really disagree too much with that um, because I actually like a lot of the guys on Paris and I, yeah. I don't think that, like as much as we joke around as much as i may disrespect paris on a organizational level i don't think that always translates to the actual team like the roster that is playing because they don't deserve like the flack that paris the organization gets because i mean they have no control over any of that like they just they sign the contracts because they should sign the contracts because you are if you want to play in the cdl you'll sign with anybody and you should um, but yeah, I, I, think like, I would still say that, um, Paris beating phase would be a bigger upset, but that more has to do with phase, uh, how much highly, how much I think of phase really, um, not as low as I feel about Paris. Um, That's fair. so we, have we both agree that phase and optic, uh, are our predictions. Then we have the rematch of the kickoff classic finals. We have Seattle versus Toronto. Um, We got to see quite a bit of both of these teams. Who do you have, Toronto versus Seattle?
1: I'm going with Seattle here. Uh, Again, I'm picking Seattle and fully expecting them to let me down, and Toronto comes out with the victory, Um, especially because now I will have picked Seattle to go 2-0, so that means they're most likely going to go 0-2, and I'm just going to be wrong. So um, I'm just embracing it at this point, and I'm going to go with Seattle.
0: I'm going to go with Toronto. They, They surprised me. Uh, not only at the kickoff classic, but they surprised me at various points last season and they, they kept the same roster as they should uh, coming off of a second place finish at the CDL championship. And um, I really just think very highly of this roster and of Marky B yep. and the, the team that they have, um, they have built in Toronto. Uh, they they're just a really solid uh, team that, deserves everybody's respect uh, because they've earned it over the past really two seasons because they surprised quite a few people in the first season as well. So uh, I'll go with Toronto, but this should be uh, one of the best series of the weekend uh, because both of these teams, at least at the kickoff classic, prove that they can play. Uh, And then the last match of Saturday, we have New York versus LAG. Uh, both of these teams are going to play the previous day so um we'll kind of get a better feeling for how they're going to play uh on Friday but uh Saturday night 7:30 New York versus LAG who do you have
1: I I feel like this is one that like you just mentioned it's going to rely somewhat on uh those Friday matches I could see both of these teams if they lose on Friday being tilted and you know just not performing up to expectations on Saturday um, but you know, throwing that out the window and just looking strictly at this match I'm gonna go with New York. Um it'll definitely be an interesting one in my opinion, you know. Um <clears throat> should should be a good battle uh between the subs with Hydra and Neptune versus who can ace them. Uh then you know, you know, you got Clay and uh Krim going up against Slasher and Gunless. Um I will say uh, something we didn't really touch on from the kickoff classic was, you know, because of some of the maps in Vanguard, um, one of the things we touched on uh, very many episodes ago, when we were talking about roster mania and stuff was a question about the uh, flex role for New York. And, you know, you, you look at a team like LAG gunless is just, you know, the obvious flex, like we've seen him do it with all weapons throughout his career. And we've seen Krim do it. Um, with multiple weapons in the past with a sub but most i I feel like most of his success with the sub came early in his career in like black ops two ghost um and he's more of an AR player now but i I feel like Krim had some standout moments in the kickoff classic on on Bokage in particular while using the MP40 um so people questioning like the flex role for New York who would run like a third sub between Clem, Krim and clay um seems like Krim is, you know, being that 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 guy. And uh I, I guess we'll have to see here when the uh the matches really count, how everything goes down. But um that's just something that came to mind that we were looking at earlier in the off season and uh now we're finally getting to see it. But you know, obviously when we were thinking about it earlier, we didn't really know the maps or how Vanguard was gonna play, all that. Um there, there's teams on bulkage that'll run four MP40s just because it's such a, a small, fast-paced map, so um, it'll depend on the map set and stuff, obviously, what we get to see Krim run here, but um, that flex battle between Krim and Gunless, depending on the map and, and what's going on, that could that could be uh, something to keep an eye on for this one in particular, but uh, I'm going with New York here.
0: That's a good point about uh, Krim and the roles of New York. Yeah. Um... I will agree with you. I think that New York takes this, uh, really, you
1: aren't wearing your LAG stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'll wear the hat. I won't wear the shirt. Uh, I, I don't know. Like a lot of this is just a gut feeling because we don't have enough information really to take in and make, the, like the best, uh, and like most informed decisions or whatever. But with New York, I just, I mean maybe it's just a bias because I really love Clay. Like Clay's my favorite player and I I rate him and I rate Crim6 very highly in like their in-game intelligence and the way to manipulate the game in their favor. Um, even you know, Crim Six is not as like I don't want to say physically talented because that's really not the way to put it. But, like, you know, I don't think he's... I don't think the Gunny is as great as it was when he was in Black Ops 2 and he was, you know, beaming, you know, everybody off of a head glitch. But uh, I think that no matter what, like, even if he is not uh, maybe as technically sound as, you know, let's say Shotzi, like Shotzi's a demon... But, like, he's he's so smart that he'll be in the position to make the better play. Um, I So that's that's how I look at it. I think that the subliners just are – they should be a really smart team. And I obviously really rate JP and Revan as great coaches and great analysts. Like, they might be one of the best uh, coaching staffs. So that entire team, their coaching staff, I, I think highly of them. And I think that they'll come out on top over LAG here. Um, Let's go to the Sunday matches. We have three on Sunday. Paris versus Florida. Atlanta versus LAT. And the Minnesota Rocker versus Optic. Uh, Let's start up at the top. Paris versus Florida. Uh, Florida, so this will be their second match of the weekend after playing the first match of Friday. And then Paris, uh, they play the first match of Saturday. So they're both, they might be coming off of wins or losses uh, depending on how things go. Uh, Who do you have, Legion or Mutineers?
1: Not going to do it. I want to do it, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going no. Florida.
0: No, like don't turn your back on Mike like that. Mike <laughs> is trusting you with his life with this Paris is winning champs. Like I think he's going <laughs> to build a Paris crypto coin or something this year. Uh, but That's yeah, Benzie, uh, yeah. Benzy's like <laughs> siphoning off money from a ch- uh, children orphanage or something to get this Bitcoin up. <laughs> uh, I, I agree with you though. Florida probably beats Paris. Um, although I, I don't feel as confidently about this match, uh, with Florida, um, because I mean, it's, I, you know, in in the past few seasons, Florida has been really good and they might be really good this year, but I don't really feel, uh, super confidently about it, uh, so far. So, uh, I'll go with Florida, but it could go either way, obviously. Uh, The next match is Atlanta versus the Los Angeles Thieves. Um, Atlanta, they play Paris in their first match. And the LA Thieves, this is their first match of the CDL season after having a a decent showing beating Optic in the kickoff classic. Uh, So who do you got, FaZe or the Thieves? I
1: I think this is going to be a good one. Um, Based off of LAG's performance at the kickoff classic, I think... Um, There were some question marks heading into the kickoff classic for uh, the Thieves. There was, like, uh, most of the players were, like, moving to L.A. and stuff um, during the holidays and all that. So I don't think they were one of the most practiced teams going into the event. And I think that, like, affected their stock. Um, But obviously, they're a super talented roster, and uh, they did the Optic. So um, I I think this will be... This should be a closer match than Faze's other match against Paris. Um, I'm I'm still going to go with Atlanta here. Um, I think, you know, not similar to what we've done last season. uh, Until Atlanta really gives us a true reason to uh, bet against them, I'm just not going to pick against them. So uh, going with Atlanta, but I'm expecting this to be a, a super entertaining series.
0: Yeah, I was about to say the exact same thing that Atlanta is Atlanta and their reputation precedes them at this point. And uh, I think I'm going to pick them until things go wrong. Um, And that's not really a knock on the Thieves at all because this roster is incredible. You know, like there are legitimate superstars on this roster. Uh, I'm really excited to see how Octane does on a team that shouldn't be. Uh, like a bottom four team the entire season because we really haven't gotten to see him in uh, a really important match in two years because Seattle's been at the bottom of the standings for most if not all of the, the previous two seasons. So uh, hopefully he and the Thieves can uh, kind of do well this season and and we get to see him in those crunch time situations and see how he uh, performs uh, with a good team. Um, but yeah, I, I still go with phase, phase, phase. So, you know, they're good. Uh, and then the last match of the weekend, we have the Minnesota Rocker in their first match of the CDL season against Optic, who uh, will play London the previous day. So, Optic versus Rocker. Maybe we'll see a round 11 clutch again. Who knows? Uh, who do you got, Rocker versus Optic?
1: Yeah, I I feel like this could be a sneaky match here where, you know, Rocker haven't played um, all week leading up to this point. They will have that first match of Optics on Saturday to do some VOD review on. And uh, similar to what you were saying about New York's coaching staff, I think... uh, Minnesota has a strong coaching staff too, especially with the addition of Looney. I, I've always thought highly of Looney, you know, as, a, as one of those IGLs, like a super intelligent player. And uh, I, although he's not in a head coaching role, I'm excited to uh, see or hear, you know, what kind of impact he has on this Rocker team. Uh, not sure, you know, when we'll hear that or be able to see it or anything, but um, it, it's something in particular I'm looking for with the Rocker as well as, you know, Standy coming into his first full season. Uh, in the CDL after being picked up mid-year last year. Um, I, I, I feel like this is a sneaky matchup where, you know, Rocker could come in and pull out up the upset. I'm going to pick OpTic, you know, expecting OpTic to be OpTic and take care of business here. But, um, yeah, this, I, I you know, we've we kind of been saying it, like, wouldn't be surprised if X team beat Y team. Um, but th- this is truly one where, like, I, I'm picking OpTic, and if Rocker... Did pull off an upset. It's definitely an upset, and but I wouldn't necessarily be like, "Oh wow, I'm super surprised." It's it's I could see it happening, but it's just going to be a matter of what what rocker shows up, how well prepared they are, uh, all that.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think Optic uh, will end up taking this, but Minnesota they're one of the few teams that didn't make a roster change heading into the season, and. I think they were really starting to peak at the beginning of last year with uh, the, the last major championship. They obviously had that incredible comeback against Toronto. Um, and I think they did uh, relatively well at champs, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but yeah, so I I feel like they were just kind of kind of approaching their uh, true potential as a team. And Maybe we'll get to see that now. Obviously, it's a different game. Like uh, Vanguard doesn't play the same as Cold War, but I think chemistry at least should be there because it's the same roster, just like FaZe and Toronto. They're going into the season and they're used to the people that they're playing next to, and uh, especially in a tournament or in this uh, case, in like a single um, match format. So, I think that Minnesota is in a good spot and I'm very excited to see how well they do uh, this year because uh, this is, they've had like very weird seasons, the organization like that first year going online really screwed them and they fell off a cliff essentially. And then last year they were uh, kind of middle of the road for most of the season and then had the incredible run at the end of the year. So uh, I'm looking forward to Minnesota, but uh, i'm gonna stick with optic on this one Um, that's good to me. Let's talk about uh some like end of season predictions because I believe we did this for last year, but i can't uh I can't remember exactly if we did it or if we kind of just pulled it out uh like later in the season, but I wanna talk about who we think might be uh you know say the the champions of the league or who we might uh who we think might be the MVP. So um if you want me to go first, I can, but uh so we're going to give predictions for four categories and I guess the last one's not really a category. But the first one is who will win the 2022 Call of Duty League championship. And number two, uh who will win the CDL MVP, the the season MVP, not champs MVP. Uh, who will be the CDL Rookie of the Year? That's more of a personal thing because the CDL doesn't hand out a specific Rookie of the Year. Um, and then the last one is who is the first team that is going to make a roster change this season? I know we did that one last year because I picked Paris, and I don't know if I'm cor- cor- I was correct on that, but I remember doing the prediction. So um, let's start at the top. Who? who do you think will win the 2022 CDL championship?
1: You want me to go first or no? I don't want to say the same team as you.
0: I I mean, I think we might say the same team. Like if you're worried about that, I will go first and I'll say Atlanta. And because it, it, I mean, two years in a row is very difficult as we know. Um, Not a lot of players and uh, definitely not a lot of teams are able to pull off two uh, consecutive championships, but I think Atlanta is capable of it. So I will say the Atlanta phase uh, are going to be the 2022 CDL champions. All right. Um, Was that your pick?
1: Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, it's kind of hard not to pick Atlanta, yeah. but yeah, well, that's what I
1: mean. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say the same thing as you cause that'd be boring. Um, It'd also be kind of boring if I just picked Optic or Toronto too.
0: Paris um, is winning champs? Question mark? Question mark? Um,
1: I'm gonna go just super out on a limb and pick New York. I mean, Clay it, and Krim yeah. getting the fourth ring—that'd be super cool. Yeah. Um, that's gonna be. We're probably going to look back on this pick uh, later in the year and I am not going to look like Nostradamus, but um, yeah, no, I'm not going to go, if I'm not, I, I obviously, I think the the heavy favorite is FaZe. Uh, if I had to pick a single team, it would be FaZe uh, for the sake of being different though. Uh, I will, I'll, I'll just go with New York.
0: I think, I think that's it's a good pick. Interesting that's, pick. Yeah. That would be uh the storylines at least of Krim and Clay winning their fourth and Neptune and Hydra both really young players um winning their first. And uh I uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be a very cool moment for the CDL. Um let's talk about the league MVP. Uh we we were discussing the league MVP pretty much for the back half of the season last year where uh we were Inconsistent, uh, we agreed that it was either going to be a BZ or a simp because they were just kind of being ridiculous. Um, and I believe at the end of the year, you kind of just picked a BZ just to be different to make sure that we didn't both say simp, but uh, we both agreed that they should be the top two candidates. Um, who so you go first on this one since I went first on the last one. So, who is going to be the 2022 CDL League MVP?
1: You stole my thunder a little bit, but uh, I'm going to go with a BZ. Um, regardless of whether you would pick Simp or not. I'm picking a BZ. Uh just like you kind of said. I, w- I was kind of on that train last year, thinking, you know, he's a super high impact player. Um, if, if you know, if you look at, if if you don't look at the stats, um, and just think about like how irreplaceable a BZ is from like that entry frags. I, I don't even know exactly how to classify him, but um the, there's not a lot of guys who are you know as aggressive and you know being that guy who just head smashes into objectives and picks up three pieces as consistently as him um I think he is the most valuable player in that sense because it's just it's it's hard to find another BZ. Um so yeah I think you know right now um based on Vanguard in its current state um, I just think the MP forty is a super good gun. so I feel like it the MVP assume if Vanguard stays like this and the mp40 doesn't get nerfed or anything like that um I, I feel like an SMg player is in a good position to win MVP again similar to you know we had the seventy four u last year uh, mp5 and mW just it seems like a running trend at this point, but uh regardless of that i'm I'm going with a BZ. he's my MVP.
0: So I was actually going to pick a bZ as well because I <laughs> I thought very similarly to you that being an SMG player and being like a hyper aggressive SMG player like he is would fit really well. And I don't know if if voters will – like if it comes down to another situation where Simp and Ibiza are at the top and they're both very uh, instrumental in their team success, I don't know if voters would uh, pick Simp again uh, just kind of – my thought process in it. I also think out of Simp, uh, outside of and Abizi, Dashy might have a really good shot. Uh, I think with this current roster with optic, he could be a really good pick to kind of just drop incredible numbers. And I expect them to be pretty good in the league. So, um, I think he is, uh, I don't know of a dark horse, but more just like a, an outside shot. Uh, but I'll say Simp just to, just to be complete. And, um,
1: because, we'll cover our basis yeah Have a good shot of being right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah if you're gonna put
0: any bets down on these I think that a BZ or simp would be uh good bets to place um let's talk about the rookie of the year so uh, like I said uh, this is not an official award that the CDl gives out but this is something that we've talked about for years and everybody always talks about it um about like who is the best first year player and i guess they don't need to technically be in their first year like if you came in at the very end of last season and didn't get to really play at all i think you would count but uh there are quite a few rookies this season um i don't have a list in front of me and i probably should but uh, i got you. i so yeah so i i know there are quite a few rookies because i saw crones tweet about how there are like more rookies this season to start the year than um, than last season and stuff. So uh, if you have a list, then that's great.
1: We we have seven okay. rookies to start the year. It is worth noting last year, um, although like you said, there, there wasn't like a CDL official rookie of the year, the consensus rookie of the year within the community at least was Insight. And as we touched on earlier in the show, Insight didn't come in until stage two. So it's very possible we have another situation like that where the, the unofficial rookie of the year uh, for this season isn't even starting the season in the CDL. It could be a challengers player. Um, but right now, at the start of the season, the, the seven rookies we have are Dave Patty on Florida, uh, Gizmo and Nasty on London, Capsidal and Nero on Boston, and then Sib and Pred on Seattle.
0: Okay. So uh I'm not going to pick anybody that's on a team that I don't think will be good because that's just not smart. Uh so out of these four like the the, the top 4 right now that I'm thinking of are Capito, Nero, Sib and Pred because I think Boston would be good enough to keep them in the top and then Seattle will I mean they might be really good. And uh so yeah, those are my final four. I need a little more time to think about it. If you have a if you have one in mind that you're thinking rookie of the year or something outside of the CDO. Yeah, I I really
1: uh it's tough. Um thinking I'm trying to think of challengers off the top of my head. I don't really I feel like uh, at least in North America, like a lot of these top challengers teams right now are um Mostly, like former pros who wouldn't I wouldn't consider uh, rookies if they actually you know were picked up at some point. like you know, you look at um the first team that comes to mind to me is the assault classic Shawnee and Exceed team. Like all of the even Exceed has minimal experience in the CDL. like I wouldn't classify any of them as rookies if they were picked up. Um, mid-season, so, so it's tough. I don't really know. I feel like um, it, it's going to be interesting to see if any of these teams, if there's, like, another diamond in the rough, kind of like Capsitol. Like, I feel like Capsidal, uh just sort of came out of nowhere uh, the, this off season and is now picked up, and we saw him go on that nasty spree against New York in the kickoff classic. Uh, there's a lot of hype around him, um, but – Again, I, I think kind of like what you said, it, you, you have to pick uh, somebody on a, a strong team. And right now, out of the teams with the rookies, it feels like Seattle is the best team. So, um, and based on individual performance, Sib and Pred both looked really strong. So um, I don't think it's necessarily a wild pick to go with either of them. I am just going to go with Sib. Um, I, I feel like that's a very safe pick. Um, right now at least um but yeah
0: yeah so out of the challengers players i'm i think that like Prolute and mohawk and um and spart like spart is on a cdl rosters on lag is their substitute he, he even played in mw yeah. so i
1: really wouldn't yeah
0: but i think pro loot and uh, mohawk specifically because they've yep. performed really well throughout like the last like year and a half in challengers I would be really surprised if they don't end up on a CDL roster at some point this season. Um, there's always there, there like by just like logic, there has to be a few teams that underperform or don't perform like well, uh, and usually those teams end up making changes and bring in challengers players. Uh, so I I want to say I want to say pro loot, but. Uh, I'm going to end up going with a an actual CDL player because it's just kind of unpredictable about what Challengers players actually get picked up. And I'll say Pred. Um, Pred is, I, I mean, he looks to be really good and like he is, I don't know if he's unknown per se because just because he's unknown to me doesn't mean that he's unknown to the, the you know, like the actual fans and the, the all of the people that are watching the CDL, but coming from APAC and being really the only APAC player uh, to get out and to get a shot at the CDL this year, um, he seems to be on a good team. I think that they have a good system around them, around him specifically. I would say that Pred probably uh, gets rookie of the year, but uh, really, that's it's It is the hardest thing to predict because you don't really know how these teams will deal with roster changes um because if you're, they're like the thieves last year like i mean there could be dozens of new players coming into the league um and i fully expect multiple more challengers players to get their shot this year and and kind of try to prove that they're deserving of a cdl spot um yeah so i have pred you have um sib uh, for rookie of the year. And finally we have the first team to make a roster change. So I don't think it'll be optic. I don't think it'll be phase. Uh, so who do you have as the first team to make a roster change?
1: Do you want me to go? Cause I think my answer is kind of, yeah, you can go. Okay. I'm going to say London just because one, we know they have a sub already and Harry, who is you know another um like amateur player from the european scene and although they have uh multiple young european players on their team now um they could if they struggle early in the season they could be that first team to give him a shot um so i i feel like that's a super safe answer and that's also based on london's propensity last year to make multiple roster changes whether it was because of performance or visa issues London has made a lot of changes in the past, and I believe they technically were the first team last year because of Parasite having to fill in. Um, So I feel like London is the safest answer right now.
0: Yeah, I I think London is a good answer because, like you said, they actually have a substitute that isn't a coach or an analyst or whatever. Uh, For a similar reason, I'm going to go with Florida. Because they actually have Yeez on their roster, and he is someone that was actually on their roster last season as a substitute, and I think that they actually think highly of him. He's not like, um, I won't name names, but I don't think he's one of those players that is being kept on a roster because like they like him, you know, like they they like his personality, and they're just kind of keeping a former C D L player on their roster. So I think Yeez is actually. Um, I think he has a good chance of playing, especially if these roles don't work out uh, for Florida and they need to make a change. I don't know who would be the, the odd man out. I mean, like, I would think... That
1: was, that was my follow-up for you. <laughs> yeah, I think
0: Dave Patty just like... Because he was the, the odd pick to go into the roster in the first place. But we've seen in the past, like, that's not necessarily the case when the changes are made because it all depends on like how the team will affect the chemistry. And um, I, I, I just don't know. I, I think they Patty, but really it could be any of them, to be honest, if, if things yeah. are, if things go poorly, if it's, if it's not going poorly, then they're going to keep it and just kind of try to ride it out. But Florida have been, um, I think the past few seasons have made those roster changes uh, even after seeing success. Like we saw with like early in the 2020 season, where they ended up benching Pristini um, for uh, for fellow I th- or for uh, Pharaoh Fair. I think, yeah. and then I think they even then benched Mox for Big Wake. So um, they're they're kind of open to making these changes, and Ogre Two is done really well by making these changes. So I'm I'm gonna go with Florida, but I think London is a good pick as well.
1: I I think Florida is a really good answer, and I think you know depending on how we word this question um Florida technically might have been the correct answer for last year because they made that swap for Neptune but that was before the season actually started so then you get into whether you count that as an off-season move or you know an actual season move because it was after the game came out but the CDL hadn't started yet um so regardless I think those are two good answers from both of us there um And I'm looking forward to seeing us both be proven wrong and some other team (laughs) making a change that we're not expecting. But will be something we talk about later on down the road.
0: Yeah, it'll be surprising if it's another team because of the the substitute situation. But, I mean, we've been surprised in both of the previous seasons of the CDL. So there's really no reason to think that we won't be surprised this year. Um, And the last uh, bit of news that we have is about uh, Ake's two-time world champion Uh, We got to actually witness one of his world championships in person um, when uh, he and Evil Geniuses uh, won the World War II uh, Call of Duty World League championship. Um, He announced his retirement from competitive Call of Duty. This was uh, kind of unofficially. He was already retired because he wasn't competing anymore. And, um, I mean, he was more so just just a community figure, which we see that all the time where there isn't an official announcement by some players, but they just kind of fade away from the actual competitive side of things and, uh, are more just so on Twitter and, and doing their own thing. And, uh, so he officially announced his retirement. Uh, he has a pretty cool statement. If you go to his Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash aches. Um, so he, he announced his retirement. And he said that he's accepted a position to go full time on the dev team as a game designer with esports in mind. Um, so he didn't really give any specifics on uh, what or uh, like you know where he's going to be. But he's also uh, going to be uh, the co-host of the flank this year with Zuma. Uh, I think Ben has taken a step back uh, with that stuff and focusing on his full-time job. And then Akes also said that he is uh, going to be a new member of the talent lineup for Dixerdo's reverse sweep this year. So um, he's doing a lot in competitive Call of Duty, and it seems like he's doing something else with uh, with esports in mind, uh, whatever that may be. But yeah, that's a pretty cool announcement for Akes. Um, at least he will continue to be in the community, which is the main thing. Um, what do you think of Akes, uh, his retirement? Obviously, we're both big fans, so uh, what would you think of this?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, for starters, just congratulations, Patty P, for an incredible career. Um, like you said, he, he's been one of my favorite players personally, uh, basically since I started following Call of Duty. Um and he was always one of the players throughout all the events I attended in years past. It was super fun to interview. He, you know, gave great answers and uh, was very, I don't i don't know if talkable is the right word, but, you know, he was a good guy to talk to uh, for interviews. And even, you know, just talking to in the press room when you weren't interviewing him. Uh, just a really good guy. Uh, super fierce competitor. Very smart player. Um, shout out to him. Uh another legend from for me in particular and you two, just you know, another legend from those early days of Call of Duty is hanging up the sticks. But like you mentioned with the game designer stuff, we don't know too much. Um what it what is it actually? Oh, game designer is what he said. Okay. Um but with esports in mind, um that that's something that jumps out right away to me. Uh, like I was just saying, he's known throughout his career for being a smart player. He was also very outspoken um, about what needed to be fixed in Call of Duty in particular and in competitive. So hearing that he's going to be working on any game uh, with esports in mind, that immediately piques my interest. Obviously, we don't know what the game is or anything like that. um, But whenever those details get revealed or Whatever happens down the road. If if there's an esports title that comes out with Patty P involved in it in any capacity, it's definitely something I'm gonna check out down the road. Um but yeah, just shout out Patty P, I guess.
0: Yeah, like um I mean I've I've said it before on the podcast, but uh I started watching in 2013, uh, Competitive Call of Duty, I started watching in 2013, and shortly thereafter, I became a really big complexity fan, um, because I gravitated towards, like, especially Aches, but the entire team, just the the confidence that they exuded, um, and now that I think about it, uh, we just had Parasite announce his retirement a few weeks ago in um, that means that no uh, impact players are currently competing. And with AXE's retirement, the only... Uh, I mean, it, it depends on which uh, which part of complexity you're talking about. If you're talking about the original complexity dynasty uh, with Clayster, Clayster and Krim are the only two players on that team that are remaining. And if you count the Karma one, then uh, only Krim6 is remaining. So uh, that complexity dynasty that... Uh, I thought would never be topped and in my mind might not be topped anyway. Uh, They are uh, still kicking, but it's really sad to see Aix go from as a competitor because he's like a true villain, Um, at least if you're an Optic fan or whatever, uh, where he would he'd get in your face. He might get pushed by Nade shot at an event because he's talking a little bit of trash, but that's just like who he is. And he's always been outspoken. He's never been afraid to speak his mind. And uh, that's why I'm really glad that he's going to be the co-host of the flank with Zuma because the community needs takes like his, even if he might offend people or rub them the wrong way or whatever. I think that he's always honest at his core and that uh, it's always, it's always a good thing when he's talking about Call of Duty because he has more knowledge about the scene and the history of Call of Duty Esports than almost anybody in the scene. So uh, it's it's awesome to see that he's uh, not just going away and we'll never see him again. We're obviously going to get a lot of content from him. And who knows about this game, if it'll be a success and we'll end up playing it and maybe we'll even start a podcast about it. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's... That's AXE's retirement.
1: Yep. Shout out, Patty P. Thanks for all the uh, memories over the years. And uh, congrats on a great career and good luck moving forward.
0: Yep. Uh, but that's it for today's episode. Uh, unless you have anything that you wanted to talk about, um, but... Yeah, so if you don't have anything, uh, let's wrap up the show. Uh, make sure to subscribe or follow to the EgoChop podcast feed on whatever platform you are listening or watching on. Uh, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and uh, pretty much every other major podcasting platform. Also, please give us a good rating, uh, five stars preferably, on Apple Podcasts and leave your feedback if you're so inclined. Uh, follow us on Twitter. You're at JBink with two Ks. I'm at Prez Buyers and the podcast official Twitter is at Yugo Chow Podcast. Although uh, now that the season is ready to start, we're planning on keeping an actual schedule um, because it's not the offseason anymore. We actually have uh, content that keeps coming in and we can talk about the matches and everything. Uh, although we, we plan to stick to a schedule, uh, it's best just to follow us on Twitter and make sure that you know when the next podcast episode is coming and when we're going to go live with it and everything. Uh, and lastly, if you're a fan of the show and you want even more Call of Duty uh, eSports or Call of Duty League content, check out .esports.com. Bink and I are editors there. Uh, we have the best eSports news, analysis, and opinions on that site. So uh, make sure to go look at .esports.com. Uh, that's it for me. Take it away, Bink.
1: Yep. Short and sweet. Uh, thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Looking forward to the season officially kicking off. And you know now it's Wednesday on the East Coast, so we're two days away. Um yeah. Thanks for tuning in and as always remember to send the ciao.